Hey babe, you're listening to episode 85 of the Beam Life podcast, how to discover your inner radiance with artist and guest Kristen Gerard. Wow, this podcast episode, I don't even know where to begin. Kristen and I are new friends and she does incredible, incredible paintings that reveal your inner radiance and goddess. And if that sounds as unfamiliar to you as it did to me, no worries because she's going to break down exactly how she does that and why she does that. And the why is really why I wanted to have Kristen on the podcast. It's a very deep, beautiful, authentic, vulnerable story of overcoming what she calls dragons. And I'm not sure there's a better way to describe it other than dragons, because when she breaks that down, it makes so much sense. And we all have dragons. This episode in particular does address things like depression and suicide. So if those are things that are triggers to you or you're not ready to listen to, I encourage you to find a different episode that might feel better for you at this time. Um, But there is lots of words of strength and encouragement and courage all wrapped up into this 45-minute episode, and I'm really just honored to share her story with you. So let's get this party started, babe. Hey, Beam Babe. Welcome to the Beam Life Podcast, where we are all about honoring your truth, prioritizing your passions, and unlocking your potential. Let's go. I'm your host, Caitlin, and it's my calling in life to create this community of like-minded, kick-ass women ready to make moves and live a life they are obsessed with. So if you're ready to be everything and more, babe, let's get this party started. Hey, Kristen. How's it going? I'm so happy to have you here today. Hi. Thank you for having me here. It is wonderful to be here talking with you. Yes, and I know our listeners are going to receive such a gift from you today. Um, We are new friends and new acquaintances um, from the online world. You have to love that. And um, I'm just really grateful our paths crossed because, you know, you have such a unique story and the way that you've taken your story and now are helping other women is so inspiring and so beautiful and exactly what the beam life stands for. Um, So I'm just really looking forward to all that you are going to share with us today, because I think it's a conversation that is deeply needed right now in the world. Um, And so before we kind of dive into that, I would love for you to share a little bit about who you are and and what you're doing right now. Hey, Caitlin. So um, I'm an artist and I'm very comfortable talking in paint, but occasionally I get a little nervous and glitchy when I'm actually talking to a human. So as an artist, what I do is I tell stories with my art. And a lot of times the art is a story that unfolds. And then if you will, ask me to tell the story that goes along with the Mm. visual that is the artwork. I love that so much. Uh, And a lot of what I do is 
I help bring all those intangible things that we don't have words for so we can experience them here in this world and access the sacred every day. Yeah, I love, you know, I had never heard of anyone doing what you do until we actually spoke the other day. Um, And I was just so intrigued by it because... I, opposite of you, am a very strong verbal communicator. Um, You know, I love, this is how I talk. And so I don't necessarily, my brain doesn't switch to operating through um, art very often. But my own daughter, who is processing, she's she's five and she processes a lot emotionally, loves art. And so much of the way that she, she's like, I can't tell you, but I want to draw how I feel. And through that, I have become so much more in tune to a different style of communication. So I really appreciate um, that you do that. And I want to know a little bit more because your company and your art is called Radiance and Grit, which are two of my favorite words in the world. Um, so why did you decide to name your company and all that you do, Radiance and Grit? What does that mean to you? It, it means a lot. It is encompassing everything I do um, from the artworks to the stories to the courses I teach. Radiance and Grit are an encapsulation of that. Um, So radiance is all about accessing that inner light, inner wisdom, that glow that is you, that is so joyful and wonderful, and that too often gets covered up by the things that happen in life, and even by our own selves. We tend to hide that. And from my perspective, I think one of the best ways we can heal our world is to bring out the radiance in each other. So that's what radiance is all about, discovering the real you loving that. It's surprisingly hard to do. So I think a lot of us need help figuring out how to love ourselves. And radiance also lets you see light clearly. So I actually usually call myself a luminary artist because I shine a light on who you are. And then the grit part, I've had a lot of life challenges. And I call them dragons a lot because dragons are, they're mysterious. They know a lot. You know, dragons can be known for riddles, and then they can also be fierce, and they can burn down a whole village, and yet they can contain the wisdom that solves the mystery. And grit is about dealing with the dragons in life, whether it is chronic illnesses, mental health problems, traumatic events, or just the things in life that wear us down. And it dawned on me that grit was the perfect word for that. When I realized that your tire doesn't get worn down by the road and the road doesn't get worn down by the tire, it gets worn down by the grit in between. Mm. It is the stuff that won't go away and has staying power. And I think a lot of us need staying power in our lives so that we can access our radiance. So it goes together. You know, it's so amazing. You're... I'm instantly captivated by the way you describe things. It is, it's um, so unique and also um, 
so visual. And, you know, I know at the beginning you say that you were in your intro that maybe words aren't always the way you describe it, but I'm not sure I believe that, Kristen, because you have beautiful ways with words, you know? (laughs) Um, And that, you know, what I found so interesting too is when I was um, reading through some of the things online and I came across that word dragon, I was like, wow, that's such a strong association that we can, like a visual thing on those. It's, It's true. Like when we are whether you've said mental illness or chronic chronic illnesses or really any kind of obstacle that continues to plague us in a certain way, um, we can look at it as a hindrance or as this other situation, which could also be the unlocking to everything else. And I, I really love how you describe that and um, – yeah, it, it just has a really, really great visual to it. Um, I would, you know, I know there's so much of a deeper story and whatever you're willing to share, um, I would love for you to, you know, shed light a little bit. I know you said you've dealt with some of your own dragons um, and you've shared a little bit about that with me, but whatever you feel comfortable sharing, I would love for our listeners to kind of get a deeper understanding of how you got to this place of where you are. Sure. It's, um, it was very helpful to me in my healing journey to realize that I wasn't alone. And actually, if it wasn't for podcasts, I would not even have a language to describe what was going on so that I could get help and really access what was going on within me. So I'm just grateful for podcasts in general. Like they're amazing. They really open up and our world. And they're free. People don't realize that they're free. I'm still, you know, total side note, but people are always like, how much do I have to pay for podcasts? I'm like, you don't. You just can tap into this world of freeness, of amazingness. So yes, I also love podcasts. Yeah, it's amazing. There, Anything that opens up our world is incredible. Yes. yes. So I, I have had a lot of dragons in my life. So I had a dragon that took the shape as a traumatic eye injury when I was just three years old. And the injury was so bad that while I was on the operating table, they took me to two different hospitals, had to airlift me between. They had my mother picking out a glass eye because they didn't think they were actually going to be able to repair my eye enough for me to keep it. And that injury, I'm very grateful to all the surgeons. Um, that injury showed back up again 30 years later. I had a wonderful time of being able to ride horses and ski and play field hockey and get conked on the head with a field hockey ball and not worry about it. That was wonderful. But when I, I was in the middle of graduate school for illustration, and if you can imagine, you're in the middle of graduate school, very visual, very intense, and that injured eye starts acting up and I start seeing flashes. And of course I do what everybody does. I Googled it. Ocular migraine. No, that wasn't the case. And I am so glad that I had a wonderful eye doctor who actually took the time to look at me because my surgery was falling apart Mm. and it was tearing my eye apart as it was doing it. Um, Don't look up scleral buckles. (laughs) Not a pretty thing to look up. Just don't. 
<laughs> warning us. But that's what had repaired my eye as a kid. It's, the surgery has to happen really fast. And I, I only had, um, like, I didn't really have any time to prepare. So there was this huge event that I had no idea how it was going to change the course of my life. While I was on the surgery table anesthetized, thank goodness I had thought to bring my mother with me as one of the people there um, so that my husband would have somebody to wait with. While I was on that operating table, the surgeon ran outside and asked my mother what the heck had happened to me because I couldn't believe how bad the damage was to my eye. And it was one of those things where I woke up from the surgery and the surgeon said, don't rub your eye too hard. It'll pop. There's basically nothing there. You don't have a third chance. Oh, my God. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and I, had, I wasn't prepared. Even the surgeon didn't know what my recovery was going to be like, except that my eye was really, really fragile. And it became this thing that was this little teeny tiny dragon and morphed into something so much bigger. My retina had come partially detached. They weren't able to repair that surgically. So I, here I am in graduate school. I can't move for an entire summer. Like literally, I spent an entire summer sitting on a couch, staring straight ahead with my head tipped up and slightly to the side so that the retina could relax. And I was lucky. It did actually work. And the retina slowly over time attached itself. But I had to change how I slept because I couldn't sleep on that side anymore. And all of a sudden, things that were simple, like going to the grocery store or teaching, I had been teaching at the time. And I, I, I couldn't be in a classroom. It was difficult for me to look at two people at once, you know, like you do at a normal dinner table. All of a sudden, I couldn't do that because of where the injury was mm -hmm. and the nature of it. So there's that there, one dragon. Your eye doesn't heal. It, the, surgery stitched together. Um, so that was one thing, you know, I, and I had to face a choice. What do I want to do with my life? Yeah. I also have type one diabetes and that's another dragon. That's huge. I've had it since I was 10 years old. Um, I have my 30th diabetes anniversary coming up very soon. It's taken a lot for me to be able to say thank you and mean it you know, because it's been so, it's a, diabetes is a club nobody wants to join. Yeah. Um, so that, that dragon is pretty big and it ties back to that eye injury because, you know, if you lose one eye, that's okay. You have another one, yes. you know, it's okay. Yeah. Um, it's totally fine. But with diabetes, <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. We don't need to. Nothing will change. <laughs> Get a cool iPad. She'll yeah, be fine. Totally cool. Pirates are in. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, my husband was voting for um, a Marvel's Avenger patch. <laughs> he thought that, <laughs> you know, with like the Captain America shield. <laughs> Not gonna lie, no one would mess with you. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so at that. So with diabetes, you know, I'd been told from the time I was 10 years old, you're going to lose your eyesight. And that really held me back in, with my artwork because I was like, well, I put all this time and effort into this and I lose my eyesight. Well, how long do I have? Mm. You know, when you're 18, losing your eyesight at 40 sounds, that's yeah, a long ways away. Right, right. But it's not. 
that far away. Mm-mm. So that that was really a, a thing. So when I had that eye injury, it was like, oh my God, can I even be an artist? So there's there's that thread. And then um, I have a bunch of other plethora of dragons, ADHD, polycystic ovarian syndrome, flat feet, eyeglasses, the whole thing. I have a, tons of allergies. I basically can't eat food. I have to eat vegan, gluten-free. Try eating vegan, gluten-free. I've done it. It sucks. It sucks. Um, does it fucking suck it's like here's grass enjoy oh wait you're probably allergic to grass here's air (laughs) yeah i love Um, it and so like i have all that stuff and then i have also been struggling with depression Mm -hmm. most of my life um since i was a junior in high school so when i say that i've had suicidal depression for over a decade I'm not saying that lightly you know it's it, it it's a big thing and for anyone out there who is going through depression or dealing with any any dragons I just want to give everybody a giant hug yeah I don't think we can hug each other enough agreed we just let's take a moment we'll you know if you're listening we're giving you hugs <laughs> right now we're we're all out there we are hugging you. <laughs> oh, and I heard this wonderful thing because we'll we'll be talking more about this. But so you're the way you automatically hug yourself. That's hugging your light side, and then mm-hmm. switch it around to the way that doesn't feel quite natural. And you're hugging your shadow side too. So you are oh. hugging your whole being. I love that. We always hug. You right. Know, it, this amazing. feels natural, but not this. Ah, oh, I love it. We're gonna, yeah. y'all listening. You have to try that, okay? <laughs> Not if you're driving. Don't take your hands off the steering wheel. But yeah, and actually, that was one of the things that helped me get through when I was dealing with the the eye trauma and like the early stages of it and figuring out what the heck am I gonna do. Um, I actually hugged myself all night long because I was so uncomfortable. I had to sleep. You know, you sleep. I was a right side sleeper, and now I have to sleep on my left side. And hugging myself helped me get positive biofeedback and help me deal with the fear of what happens if I lose my eyesight altogether. And that really became one of the things that later on helped me get through the depression because I played into worst case scenarios. What happens if the worst actually happens? Yeah. And I was like, okay. Well, I've always liked telling stories. Maybe I can get good at that, even though I get all awkward and tongue twisted. I do really like telling stories. Matter of fact, I love telling stories. Well, yeah. I can focus on that. And if I can't paint, maybe I can get into sculpture. Mm. And if I'm really lucky, it'll happen gradually. So I can get used to it and I could learn Braille and I can learn how to use a walking stick and I run into stuff all over the time. So <laughs> with or without eyes, we're running into stuff, you know? Yes. <laughs> I, I'm always like the queen, My... queen of clumsy for sure. Yeah. The depression is um really like an, an enormous factor in why I, I do the work I do today. Because if it hadn't, If it hadn't been so bad and I hadn't had to constantly choose to be an artist through all the things, 
that just kept happening in my life that kept saying, no, you can't be, um, you know, even, and I'm using quotation marks, little things like mm-hmm. art professors in college telling me one of my favorite art professors, I adored her, told me, you just can't draw, sweetheart. Wow. Like I had that kind of that stuff a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, I realized that I have been given a life masterclass in resilience and getting back up again and again and again. Hey, babe, I'm sorry to interrupt because I know you're loving this episode, but I want to make sure that you know the doors are opening to my 12-week group training course, The Beam Life Blueprint. Now, I know this second group is going to sell out because the transformations we had in our first cohort were mind-blowing. For the first time, women were feeling empowered to live a life of intentionality, to show up for themselves, to say no to things that they should have said no to a long time ago. They are snapping less at their you know, partners and their kids, and they are finally waking up to a life they're excited about. This course was designed to help women just like you who are stressed out and just powering through their days. This is to help you ditch that chaotic living by architecting an unbreakable foundation of self-belief so that you can finally take a breath and get back to being present in the moment with the people you love and with yourself. This is to help you live a life that you choose wholeheartedly. Doors will be opening June 20th, but you're going to want to get your name on that wait list. All the details are in the show notes. Make sure you go there, get your name on the wait list, which will also help you get early access to register, $100 off the course, and a raffle entry for a one-on-one 60-minute transformation call with me valued at $350. Babe, when I am telling you this is your sign to make the moves, this is your sign. Don't miss out. Waitlist is open in the show notes. Go now. Enjoy the rest of the episode. I'm not kidding. I was literally going to say that, that you have been preparing for greatness. Sounds like since you were three. Um, Because... (laughs) I mean, you know, we've been talking about dragons, so I'll use that word. You know, many people, we all have, you know, all kinds of different dragons, as you said. Everyone, no one escapes them. I don't think there's anyone that doesn't have at least mm. one, if not tiny little ones. Um, but you've had major things that would be a major thing if someone had just one of them, let alone multiple and you continue not only to get up because that's step 1 is deciding to get up but also to now how you with your artwork help and that's that's big and really what we need more of honestly in this world because i know that it is it takes a lot to get to a place where you feel like you're ready to now serve and help others um, because it takes a lot just to get up, back up off your feet for sure. And so 
a couple of the paintings are behind you are some of your energy paintings, and you've talked a little bit about that, but I'd love for you to elaborate specifically on this new style that you're doing, which is a, I think you call them a higher self portrait. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So tell listeners a little bit more about what that is all about and how you started creating these amazing goddess-like paintings. You don't want bad things to happen to you, but I am so grateful for what led me to create the artwork I do today because it's uh, there is something to be said about being encouraged by the universe to see yourself with love no matter what. Mm. So the artwork I do today So all of that stuff, all of those dragons, they piled up. And one day I was at the, I was at a beautiful, beautiful party. It was a fall day. The water was glinting with sunlight. You know, it's the perfect temperature. The leaves were turning colors. It's upstate New York. It's gorgeous. It's just wonderful to be alive. I had been dealing with a lot of that suicidal depression and this day was a big deal to me because I was dressed up. It was one of the last times I put makeup on, um, which I don't do anymore because of the eye injury, it's too much. Yeah. But um, I, I was prepared to be happy, you know? So I was really blindsided, if you will, by... There was an argument that was going on, and I was asked to intervene. And I tried to bring a some diplomacy to the situation and to help both parties see we were all here to celebrate and enjoy and have fun. Yeah. Another person came up and told me that I wasn't wanted, my presence wasn't needed, and how basically. How dare I think that I could help when I was the one who had been asked. This person had, was not asked. She had no business in the situation, but she, I'm going to use these words, she made me feel small. And mm. in reality, having done a lot of healing work later, I know that I was taking on the viewpoint that she was impressing upon me. Sure. Um, but I felt, you know, I was already really struggling with self-worth and I felt absolutely worthless. And it wasn't the first time and the only time I've ever felt suicidal, but it was, it was pretty, pretty bad, especially because it was supposed to be a nice day. Sure. I found myself crying, worrying about ruining my makeup. Actually, I tried not to cry and then I just gave up mascara streaming down my face. Um, even the waterproof stuff, I could somehow get that stuff to bleed. <laughs> I hear ya. So, yeah. <laughs> so I find myself standing at the end of a dock. And I remember standing there like it was just this morning. I just, if I could have willed myself to die, I would have. Mm. Because it was, I was in so much pain. And the thing is, like, when you're that depressed... You just want the pain to stop. And honestly, I just wanted a vacation from diabetes for 24 hours. 
You know, that's the thing about chronic illnesses. They're relentless. They don't give you time off. And, you know, I'd had all of this negative stuff that was just constantly put on me by people who really would have been nice if they'd kept their opinions to themselves, but they didn't. (laughs) Yeah, that's Um, always, I always think people need to keep more opinions to themselves. (laughs) Yeah. And the ones you need to speak up don't for some reason. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I had all of this stuff and it was such a heavy weight and I I really wanted to die. I, I, I just wanted the pain to stop. So I'm standing there and I'm thinking about can what don't if I could just drown in this water, you know, that that's a way to go. The only problem is it was three feet of water, I'm over five foot tall, I know how to swim. <laughs> And then, yeah, you know, and I'm laughing now, but in the moment, I felt like a complete failure for not being able to follow through. And that's one of the weird things about being that depressed and mm. having that little life force left. How you can feel like a failure, even though your own body is trying to tell you, you do want to live. Mm. And it's, you know, it's hard to listen to that sometimes, but your, your body is telling you something. Yeah. In the back of your mind, that clear part that's a little bit like, maybe you don't want to do this. And that my body's reaction, that little voice in my head, maybe you don't want to do this, gave me just enough space for the thought to come in. These people who were helping me to feel so awful would not even attend my funeral if I had one, because they don't give two hoots about me. Hmm. And on that, pivotal thought it was like a lock got unlatched I had the next thought of how do I not feel this way how do I actually want to live even with all of the things even with diabetes waiting for me even with the eye injury and all of the things that have happened because of that how do I actually want to live and then of how do I live joyfully how do you do that? Mm. And that was such, like, that literally was a life-changing moment. Those two ideas right on top of each other. And then it was like a divine presence was waiting for me. It wasn't like, my higher self was waiting for me. (laughs) And it was the most wonderful, loving, incredible, incredible experience I've ever had. I wish I could remember what she said. And it wasn't just that it was my higher self. It was that there was so much more amazing divine love, creation. All like it gives me shivers just talking about it and thinking about it because it was so amazing. And what I remember, even though I can't remember what was said, was a general feeling of everything is going to be all right. You are loved. You are loved. Um, I'm getting teary now. Like every day, it doesn't matter how many times I'm literally crying. (laughs) Congratulations. You're the first person to make me cry on my podcast. (laughs) Beautiful tears. Beautiful. (laughs) It's good. Good stuff. Um, It's nice to not cry alone, even though they're happy tears. It's, you just feel it. I mean, if you're a person who has gone through anything in life, you just 
you feel it because we've all had really hard struggles and yeah it's it's when you feel that love it's powerful so thank you for sharing that oh you're welcome and there's um and about that experience as amazing as life-changing as it was it did take work to get to where I am now and I I, I really want to give everybody another big hug because that it's hard but it's worth it and yeah I, I'm grateful for all the work that it, it took for me to get where I am because it uh it's a why I can help other people today and yeah Part of that work is the higher self portraits. Um, do you want me to tell how that how those specifically came about? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I love, you know, part of what you're talking about is in this story is your inspiration for why you paint these and you know what they do for and help reveal to women. And I just, yeah, I think it's amazing. So take it away. Tell us more. Okay. Give us all the stories. Okay, Kristen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Story time with Kristen, everybody. So I had taken a selfie that day and I rarely took selfies at the time. I mean, now you go to my social media feeds, you're like, I take selfies all the time. Not a big deal. Then it was a big deal. It was huge. Um, yeah. Because I was always behind the camera. I never felt like who would want to see me? Who would really want to see my picture and why? I don't even want to look at my picture. Taking that selfie, you know, and I'm so grateful for cell phones and the cameras because it's just so easy to take pictures now and I could take pictures without hurting yes. myself, though I do miss my big camera, my big girl camera. Yes. Um, so I, I also have ADHD. I don't know if I mentioned that dragon or not, but I tend to get very... Oh, you have it too? All right. Oh, yeah. Our dragons probably hang out <laughs> <laughs> They're probably in romping. the ADHD cave, wherever that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're probably just flying overhead going, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come back to center. Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. And like ADHD is a cool dragon because as much of a pain in the ass as it can be, I can focus and I'm sure you can too. Like other people can't, you know, when I'm into my work, I'm yeah. into my work. It, it's great. Yeah. Like it's a superpower. Um, yeah. I believe ADHD is such a superpower. I wasn't diagnosed until five years ago officially, or maybe less than that four. And it's been a game changer. So yeah, now that I understand it, I don't, I don't feel so bad about myself in many things. <laughs> Yeah, it's permission to be you, basically. Yes, just awesome. Absolutely. Um, so I was running late as usual. <laughs> I'm going to an, an art studio, and I got there, you know, flustered. Didn't have anything to draw, but I had my phone. I had paper and a pencil. I'm like, oh, I suppose I should draw a human because at the time I was drawing a ton of horses. Like, it's been a while since I've drawn a human. Uh, oh, I got this photo. Okay. And I had been starting to kind of tentatively, when I felt like doing drawing humans, I was doing um, a goddess series. And they were just kind of, I wasn't sure what was going on, but I just, the intuition kept telling me, you need to be painting and drawing goddesses. So I was like, okay. You know, I'd, I'd done one before. 
and then you know done a couple before then this one on this day I decided to really go for it all in so I was going to draw myself but without any judgment and I didn't even have to be me didn't have to look like me I was just using my photo as kind of like this rough basis thing and I allowed myself to just follow my intuition no matter where it went and to just let the drawing happen and be. And, you know, I'm working on it. It feels good. And I was like, eh, you know, get it half finished. Put it away. Typical me. I didn't think anything about it for a couple of weeks. And I kept start. I started mm. five different drawings and didn't finish or follow through on any of them. Until a couple of weeks later, I was out of new paper. I had gone through any selfies or any like I had done all the angles I was willing to do of me at the time and I pulled these drawings out to finish one and the one that was on top was the one that was from that selfie on that day where I met my higher self and I just about fell over because I had drawn my higher self and hadn't even known it at the time because I had let that Mm. intuition and guidance come through without judgment and that moment too gives me chills because I saw myself for the first time in my entire life that I can remember with clarity I was able to see me or who I am without all of the other stuff I could see my lights I could see my shadow and I could see it with love and Mm. it's you know, it sounds weird, you know, just looking at your own painting or your own drawing with love, but it's really important because a lot of times, like, think about it. You're looking at images of yourself and you're like, oh, my hair is fuzzy. It's too humid. I have, yeah. you know, a zit on my forehead. I needed to pluck that eyebrow hair. You know, you're looking at it like that instead of seeing yes. the whole beauty of you. And yes. that was amazing. And my healing started accelerating from that day on because I had that nugget of how do I want to live? How do I want to live joyfully? And then this, this is how you do it. You see yourself clearly with love and no judgment. You just let you be you. So I had felt silly my whole life for absolutely loving dinosaurs. I mean, I am the one in the Jurassic Park movie theater, and I've seen the movie 20 times, and I am shouting with joy for the T-Rex and the Velociraptors. And, you know, like, it's amazing. Yeah. And I had felt ashamed of that. I was like, no. that uh, My love of dinosaurs gave me the insight to actually see diabetes for what it is and the eye injury they're dragons they're teachers yeah because there's there's some really cool stuff but um so a lot of the dragons that come into our lore actually were dinosaurs there's this really cool stuff you can look it up um protoceratops the little beak dinosaurs with like the horn rim they're actually the basis for griffins it's incredible because that horn that would break off and it would look like horns and their um, feet would look like claws. I mean, it's so cool. And a lot of our dragons from myth were actually sauropods. I mean, it's amazing. 
And when I started learn something new every day, right? I mean, our world is so cool. <laughs> and absolutely. Yeah. I'd like access. And what I like about that is, is being able to see the magic too. Um, and not taking everything so faced value because it's easy to dismiss things of myth. Um, because we're adults and we can't believe in things like that. That is just stupid. Um, And when we can let some of that go of the, like, is it true or not true? And just fall into the possibility of things sometimes. I think that that allows for so much magic in many areas of our lives. So I love that because while it seems like something um, that people could easily walk by every day, it's, I don't know, I think it was special to share. Yeah. And I mean, we're all, we're all magic. You know, we forget that. We are all magic. It's that we are here, one, that our planet exists. Amazing. That we exist. It's magnificent. We are all magnificent. That all the little things that had to happen for us to be here on planet Earth and our solar system in the Milky Way galaxy, it's incredible. We are all miracles. And with my work, that's one of the gifts I would like to give the world at large realizing how incredible, magnificent you and I and everyone listening is. We're so cool. Mm -hmm. We're super cool. I was just listening to this thing and um, I'll get back to more questions, but I just how, you know, we always say how unique we are, but there's like a study that was done. I think it was from Harvard and it was like this number that literally cannot even be said. It's so big on the uniqueness of the possibility of you even existing because of all the things that had to happen and the way the two, the egg and the sperm selected each other out of the billions of possibilities. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So yes, we are all magic and we are all amazing. It's very amazing. It just blows my mind, actually. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's so cool. It's, yeah, it's amazing and mind-blowing. And I love that your paintings allow other women to, so basically, you took this concept from what I understand of what you were able to see in yourself through painting these higher self-portraits and now painting other women for them to be able to see themselves. And um, tell me a little bit about um, what can someone, what have been some, like an experience of someone seeing themselves for the first time or seeing an energy they bring or something new that they might never have seen before? Oh, it's, uh, it's wonderful. Everyone's unique, you know, and their reaction. But the one thing is relief, like joy. And it's, um, they set people free. So Mm. a lot of times what happens is because we're so 
focused on seeing what is, shall we say, perfect about us, that we forget to see what is imperfect about us, or we try to ignore it, cover it up, and pretend it doesn't exist. And it's a lot of times um, people will bypass their shadow side, and they'll just focus on the light side. But the wonderful things that my artworks do for people is they help you see both together because when you're just looking at your light side, you're missing half the picture. And when you're just looking at your shadow side and that's all you can see, you're missing the other half of the picture. So what the artworks do um, visually and energetically is they help you bring those two things together to be a whole you so that you can Mm. love yourself and actually be empowered, like self-empowered, which is just as important as loving yourself because you get to be the leader in your own life. So one of the cool ways of doing that, um, so I do three different types of portraits. So one is a higher self-portrait, like where you get to see it's you, kind of. So they never really look like the person. Even mine. I've drawn and painted sure. myself so many times because that's what you do as an art student. You just, it's a thing you need to do. So I'm very yeah. familiar with my face. And yet, everyone I do, because you can have multiple higher self portraits. And the reason for that is that we are, our human bodies are a teeny tiny part of who we are. And our higher self is so wonderful and big and enormous that it is actually hard for us to conceive of how incredible that is. Like we just get like a glimpse and our soul kind of connects the two of us together. Not kind of, it does. Our soul connects the two of us together. Your soul is like, so if imagine kindergarten, you envisioning what you're going to be like as an adult, that's the same thing as your current you to your soul. And as your soul to your higher self, it's so much more than you can ever imagine. It's so much more complex yes. and wonderful. So when I do your higher self, what happens is I am guided to create what you actually need to see now to help you. What aspect will help you grow into who you are here to be the most at that time? Now, because I've done, you know, I consider myself my best guinea pig because I'm always handy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I've done a lot of me. And even from doing a drawing to a painting, I can, they'll change and evolve. And it's wonderful because my understanding of who I am is changing and evolving and growing. So you can have multiple higher self portraits done over time, which is really cool. Yeah. so, and a lot of times it's higher self-portraits. They may not, they'll, they'll look like you, but not like you. And sometimes I'm actually guided to not even paint your human self. I'm guided to paint something mm-hmm. a little different. And it changes for everybody. Like there is no predicting. I find that it works best when I just, when I let everything flow. That is the best way I could describe it. Like the more I try to control it or stick to certain rules, it doesn't work. I end up just being a very frustrated artist and grumbly marching out of my studio. (laughs) But when I let it flow. I think that's, 
it works. Yeah. I, I think that's like such a, a rule of life in general and not just with art because I would say that I probably can't paint or draw to save my life um, is when we try to force something so badly, it often leads to frustration. Rather, if we lead with intuition and listen and just put down pretenses, expectations, desired outcomes, um, and flow into it. And that's hard. Saying it is great. It sounds amazing. But we are led so much by ego, and it is difficult to get into a flow state, really, truly. Um, and so I love that you said that in relation to art, but it's such a I relate to it on so many levels of anything really. Yeah. It's um it's a it's a skill. So if like if you're listening and you're somebody who for flow just doesn't happen easily, it's okay. It it does take practice to let go. It's like the first time you're riding a bicycle. You can't you have to learn how to pedal that bicycle or the first time you're riding a horse. And the first time you're galloping a horse, I mean, you're riding this powerful animal for which you're a fraction of their weight. Yeah. And you, the more you can trust that animal and create a bond, the more fun you're going to have. And that applies for any parts of our lives. But that's really, that's actually the closest description I can think about of what it's actually like to do these paintings. It's like galloping yeah. a horse. And yeah, and you do have to create that bond for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've just been super inspired by your um, authenticness and your vulnerability and the things you've shared about, you know, through your own story, how one can begin to um, create some self love and self acceptance. Um, but as we start to, kind of wrap up our conversation. I would love to know from you if there's anything that you feel called to share or things that you feel like would be valuable to someone listening that struggles with self-compassion. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just anything that might be on your heart and mind that we haven't talked about yet that you want to share. Yeah, I would love to share some more about self-love and self-compassion. So one of the things with self-love, a lot of times it looks, at least the way I see it in media a lot, it's like, oh, give yourself a spa day. That's self-love. That is caring for your body. But self-love is actually so much more than that. It's, all right, so a lot of us have pets, cats, horses, dogs, parakeets. Yes. You know, like you, you observe your, I'm going to use cats because I have a cat and me too. I'm a cat woman. <laughs> they're just, they're amazing critters. <laughs> and one of the things I love them, they are, like they're so lovable. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the wonderful things about your cat is they don't apologize for who they are, you know, and mm. they, they love themselves with, <clears throat> with a, um, fullness that a lot of humans struggle to have and it gives them that confidence like you know like when you see a confident cat who is 
you know, they've got the walk. They're telling you it is time to feed me now. Thank you very much. And then I'm going to go sleep on your pillow. Thank you. So self-love is that <laughs> so true. <laughs> it's um, self-love is that kind of self-acceptance. I would call it radical self-acceptance of, you know what? It's okay that I trip over my words. It's fine. I'll get there eventually. And Mm -hmm. it's also, it's allowing yourself to feel warm towards yourself. And to, it's actually hard to describe. It's actually easier for me to show what it is. This painting. And for listeners, what you're seeing is it's a painting that has a lot of deep pinks, light pinks, yellows. And I was guided to paint this when I was really wondering about, well, what is love? What is divine love? And this was the answer I was given. So in the middle is this bright light that looks like a star and it radiates. It's kind of like a flower unfolding, but yet it's a star mm-hmm. galaxy. It's like shapes. I call them starscapes because they're like landscapes, but they're stars. Yes. And I allow the color to just flow. It's beautiful. And it ripples out. Love is like that, especially when you're applying it to yourself. The more you love yourself, the more you have to give. And, um, and then it goes into like self-compassion. And from my perspective, self-love and self-compassion are two sides of the same coin. So when we have self-love, it opens up the world for self-compassion. And when we have self-compassion, it expands our ability to love ourselves. So self-compassion, it can be, like I'll use an example from my life. So with diabetes, I am constantly having to check my blood sugar. And sometimes it'll go really, really low especially when I'm running late or I have a really important meeting, my blood sugar will drop. And I could come at it from a perspective of goddamn fucking diabetes. Oh, why did my body do this to me? Did my body really have to kill off my pancreas? Thank you, autoimmune disease. (laughs) You know, like I could do that. How you make these things funny, I don't know. I don't want to laugh, but I'm sorry. You ain't get funny. It's dark humor. (laughs) One of the gifts of diabetes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, and then I can come at it from the way that I've learned to come at it now. And I can say, all right, body, self, what are you asking of me? What is the gift here? Well. This might be giving me an awkward moment to help me get to know the person I'm talking to a little bit better. Or maybe I really need to be slowed down. Maybe this is actually for my highest good. Maybe there's an accident that because I can't leave on time, I'm going to avoid. Or perhaps there's someone I'm supposed to meet that I wouldn't meet if my plans had gone according to the way I thought they did. Thank you, diabetes. Thank you, self. And having that compassion to say, okay, 
and all right, I love myself. And also having the realization that every time, say, I drink orange juice, instead of having straight up sugar to take care of a low, the orange juice tastes, takes a little longer, but it's so much better for my body than straight up sugar. Yeah. And if I only have straight up sugar, mm. well, it's okay because I am choosing to live every time I treat a low. And that comes back to the hour. Mm. Every choice we make to help love and support ourselves and thrive. So I could try, in theory, n- not really recommended, but I could try to keep going through life low. It's not gonna, it's not gonna work because your body just can't do it. Right. It's not gonna serve you well. But to say, okay, you know, it's I need my orange juice. I need my my bunny snacks or whatever it is that I'm eating to treat that low. And to communicate to other people, oh, I'm I'm getting low right now. It might take me a minute. My body needs to process sugar so it can get to my brain where it needs to be so I can keep talking. And instead of being like, oh God, this is so stupid. Instead of being like, no, my body's smart. I just need to drink the orange juice and it will all work out. You know, it's fine. And that is compassion in motion. And it really, it helps with the burnout from chronic illnesses so much to say, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. Yeah. Instead of, instead of resisting, it's leaning in. Yes. And it's, you know, I think a lot of, I've had the question a lot from clients or from anyone that follows in my space a lot where it's like, how do you deal with such and such? And I'm like, you want to know the really unsexy answer? You just lean into it and meet it where it's at and ask what is, why are you here? What is this moment for? And maybe the answer doesn't come right in the moment, but leaning into it helps to, in my belief, like you're talking about, see things from a different perspective rather than just coming at it with complete resistance all the time. Exactly. And that's part of the clarity aspect. You know, if we're focusing on all the negative and we're ignoring the positive. And, you know, to be fair, sometimes it is really helpful to acknowledge all of that negative stuff. Because when you acknowledge it, you can see it and it opens up the door to see what actually is positive. To like flip that switch. The more we try Mm -hmm. to ignore something, the bigger it is. Yet when you actually look at it, it's like, oh, it's a half a cup of orange juice. It's four ounces of orange juice. I can do it. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Uh, Gosh, I never want this conversation to end. It's been such an incredible um, gift to me. And I know it will be to listeners because we talked about a lot of things that maybe haven't been talked about on my podcast before, but also with, if they have through a different lens. And um, I so appreciate your perspective and openness and willingness to just share all the things you did. So uh, I love it. I never want it to end, but um, yeah. So tell me, you know, I know that women listening are now probably like, well, I want to see myself in all my beauty and glory and fabulousness and radiance. So where can women listening 
find you and um, what is the best place to get a hold of you? Uh, so you can find me at radianceandgrit.com. Um, and that's the hub of everything that I do. So my, my gift for Beam listeners is a set of seven affirmations to help you be and truly feel self-empowered. Um, so there's one of, for each day of the week. They're gorgeous wallpapers. You can put them on your phone. You can put them on your computer. And they're on a background. And this is really cool. So you guys get to know this. They're of my artworks in progress, which means that they're very special because it's, you, you get part of the energy of the paintings in them, in each one of these affirmations. Um, so there's one for each day of the week. And they're meant to help, help you develop it. So they're cyclical. So that each affirmation feeds into mm. the next one and then you restart with the week. And it's wonderful um, to be able to do that because self-empowerment, especially in the beginning, it is an ongoing process. And healing is a process. And seeing yourself with clarity and love, it's a process. And we have setbacks and we love to think that healing is a straight line. But it's a loop to loop to loop to loop with loops within the loops. So these affirmations yeah. help you. And you yes. can find those at radianceandgrit.com backslash empowerment. Awesome. I'm also going to link that in the show notes for everyone so that they can grab it quickly. And like I said, thank you again so much for your time and your vulnerability, your openness, and just a new perspective and shift on all the things and how we can learn to love our dragons and not be scared of them all the time because they are here to help us unlock some things that we might have just been fearful of, but really can be a leader into another chapter that we maybe didn't even know was there. So thank you so much. You're welcome. It's a joy to be here and much love to you and all the listeners. Thank you. You are the best, Bean Babe. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you love this episode, it would mean so much if you would share it with another Bean Babe or post it on social and tag me at The Beam Life so I can tell you thank you for helping me share the mission. You can also send me a text. Yes, a real text to 323-673-2709 where we can connect outside of the podcast. You can either chat with me one-on-one -on -one or just receive the weekly text I send to beam you up throughout your week. Anyways, it's been fun as always, and I'm honored to be a part of your journey. Until next time, keep beaming, babe.